Pastor Mike for that prayer this morning. Obviously, this is an unusual morning um, because of the weather and everyone watching by live stream. And guys in the back there, I'm going to have you turn off that monitor if you would. Thank you. I appreciate that. And because we are primarily meeting by live stream this morning, I do want to mention, if you're not aware of it, uh, you're sitting at home, you're watching this service, our bulletin is available online. And uh, I just want to encourage you to read through that bulletin, especially this time of year, because um, some of our regularly scheduled activities aren't taking place the next two weeks. Um, so like this Wednesday night and the following Wednesday night, there are no Wednesday night activities, just things like that that you need to be aware of. So I do want to encourage you, if you at some point, to go online and look at the bulletin and be up to date for what is happening with our church family. Well, this morning, obviously, this is Christmas Day, not only Sunday morning, but Christmas Day, and this will be the last of the four messages that I am sharing with you this Christmas season. And if you have been with us over the last few weeks, you know that my theme and emphasis this year, which I want to be the theme and emphasis of our entire church body, is that it is time. It is time for us as individuals and as families and as a church to move forward. And not only to move forward, but to move forward with great joy and great hope because we of all people as the children of God should be thankful for all that we have and there is so much joy and so much hope to be found in Christ and so that's been my emphasis all month long I have shared with you it is time it is time to take the difficult two and a half years of the pandemic of COVID and now put it behind us and move forward. It is time to take the toxic culture, political culture that we live in, in this nation, and to rise above it and to move forward as a church family with great anticipation, with great hope and great joy. And I hope that's how you feel. I mean, when we meet again, it'll be next year. When we meet again, it will be 2023, and I just want to encourage all of us that there is so much to look forward to in the coming year. And I have chosen a very traditional passage of Scripture to kind of bring this four-part series to a crescendo, to bring it to, I hope, a, a mountaintop of what I am hopefully encouraging all of us to do. And that passage of Scripture we're going to look at this morning is found in Luke chapter 2 and verses 8 through 11. Luke chapter 2 and verses 8 through 11. And we read this, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. 
Well, our first point this morning is the joy of the Lord. I'm going to end, or excuse me, I'm going to begin this morning the same way I ended last week. When a man or woman receives Christ as Savior, they receive the joy of the Lord. And I encouraged us as I ended last week to think about that, that we are sharing with them. We want the people we share the gospel with to receive Christ not only as their Savior, not only as their escape from the judgment to come, but as the joy of the Lord. Oh, we have a joy that we need to share with them, and we want them to have that joy that we have that can only be found in Christ in a personal relationship with God. So remember this. Remember this as you share your faith with others, that you are sharing with them not some religion, not come to my religion, but you're sharing with them Christ, in whom is found a satisfaction, meaning, and joy that cannot be found anywhere else in all of the universe, in all of creation. And we need to remember, we need to constantly remember people all over the world, people in our country, people in our neighborhoods, people in our communities, people all over the world are living in fear, they're living in emptiness, they're living in hopelessness, no matter what kind of outward facade they may put on no matter what kind of outward formality they may try to portray to you, they are struggling, they are searching. And folks, I really want to emphasize that to you today. They are searching. Everywhere I look, everything I read, people are searching for something. They are. They're searching for something. They don't know what that something is, but they are searching for it. And they are searching for it in all kinds of different ways. For what they're really looking for, you have the answer for. They're looking for the, to fulfill the deepest longings and desires of their hearts and of their souls. I shared with you last week, Matthew 9, 36, where it says of Jesus, it says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. When he looked at the multitudes of his day, that's how he saw them. And I want every one of us to understand that's just how he sees our world. That's just how he sees the people everywhere, no matter what the country may be, no matter what the language group, the people group, the ethnicity may be of any group of people, he sees them as harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. I want you to notice something this morning with me in this passage. And if you remember nothing else, I want you to remember this. In verse 10, it says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Have you ever noticed that before? It's not just good news. He doesn't just bring them good news. He brings them good news of great joy. We talk about the gospel as the evangel, the good news. And it is. But it's not just good news. It's good news of great joy. It's good news of great joy. 
It's not just being saved from something, it's being saved to something, to a personal, vital, vibrant, living relationship with the living and resurrected Christ who is the greatest source of joy in all of the universe. That's the gospel. It is good news of great joy. Think of it. This is really at the center of our entire Christian faith. Many, many of our Christmas carols talk about this very joy that I am sharing with you. We think of joy to the world. The Lord is come. O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Shepherds, why this jubilee? Why your joyous strains prolong? Good Christian men, rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. That's the Christian faith. That's the faith that we hold to so precious and so dear. Perhaps no one in our modern age has better described the joy of the Lord in our salvation than pastor and author John Piper. And I just want to share a couple of quotes with you because he really gets at what I'm trying to convey to you in this entire series for Christmas. First quote, he says, The gospel is not a way to get people to heaven. It is a way to get people to God. It is a way of overcoming every obstacle to everlasting joy in God. If we don't want God above all things, we have not been converted by the gospel. I just want you to think about that with me this morning. The gospel is not simply a way to get people to heaven. It is a way to get people to God. It is a way of overcoming every obstacle to everlasting joy in God. And I want you to know, I want every one of you to know that God wants you to experience that everlasting joy that can only be found in him. Second quote, John Piper writes this, the best news of the Christian gospel is that the supremely glorious creator of the universe has acted in Jesus Christ's death and resurrection to remove every obstacle between us and himself so that we may find everlasting joy in seeing and savoring his infinite beauty. Have you ever thought about your salvation that way? That God, in Christ's death and resurrection, has removed every obstacle between us and him so that we may find everlasting joy. I don't know about you. I want everlasting joy. It's an everlasting joy that can only be found in seeing and savoring the infinite beauty of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, with that as our background this morning, I want us to think about this scene, this very familiar Christmas passage. In a moment in time, on an ordinary night, an angel of the Lord bursts onto the scene of history with a great announcement. It is impossible. 
it is impossible to overstate the significance of this moment. This is not just a life-changing moment. This is a moment in all of the universe. It is a universal moment of change. Something has happened. Something has happened that has been prophesied for hundreds of years. God himself is bursting onto the scene of history. This is filled with good, eternal drama. And I want us this morning to enter into the drama of this scene. In verse 8 it says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And what I want you to gather or grasp in this verse is this was a very ordinary night. There were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. This is something they did every night. This is something they had done hundreds of times. This particular scene is filled with the routine, the mundane, and the tedious. They had done this. This is who they were. They were shepherds. This was their job. They were probably shepherds for generations at this time in history. And I have preached on the shepherds. Much has been written about the shepherds. I'm not going to go into that this morning. I can remember a number of years ago I preached an entire sermon just on the shepherds and how they were looked down upon and despised. But what I want you to see this morning, these are very, very ordinary people, just like you, just like me, going about the routine of their life. And in verse 9 it says, And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. On this ordinary, tedious, mundane night where they were going about the routine of life, all of a sudden an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. It says they were filled. That means they were literally filled up with fear, with great fear. And if I had been there, I would have been filled with great fear. And if you had been there, you would have been filled with great fear. This is a once in the universe time that this happens. And even angelic appearances overall, if we take from Genesis to Revelation. Extremely rare. Extremely rare. And they come to this ordinary, the angel comes to this ordinary group of shepherds on a very ordinary night and comes with the glory of the Lord shining around them. It is hard for us to imagine how spectacular, how beautiful, how God-glorifying this whole scene must have been. Why so much drama? Why so much drama? You know, sometimes you watch movies where angels show up and they're just like dressed in ordinary human clothes and they bring a message and they say, 
you know, I'm a messenger of the Lord and I have this message for you. That's not how it happened. I think this angel came in great heavenly glory, with the glory of the Lord, it says, shining around them. Why so much drama? Because something that had been prophesied for centuries, the whole pinnacle of human existence was about to come to fulfillment on this particular moment, on this particular night. And so it says, an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And that leads us to our second point, which is great joy. I want to say to you again this morning, the gospel is good news because it brings us great joy. The gospel is good news because it brings us great joy. In verse 10, it says, and the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. You don't need to be afraid. I have come from God. I have come from God to you, and I am bringing you good news. But this is not only good news. It is good news of great joy. It is not just ordinary joy, it is great joy. I bring you good news of great joy. And don't miss this, it says that will be for all the people. Oh, don't miss it. It's a great missionary verse. From the very time of the angelic announcement, the gospel was for all people everywhere in the world, in every state, every nation, every people group, every ethnic group, all around the world, this good news of great joy was for all people. The gospel from its very beginning was meant to spread to the nations. It was meant to spread to the whole world. Fear not, behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people, all the people of the world. Why will this good news bring such great joy? Why will this good news be so filled with great joy? The answer is found in verse 11. Verse 11 is at the heart and soul of this message this morning. I want you to notice five different things just in verse 11. In verse 11, the angel says to the shepherds, For unto you is born this day. A baby has been born. Excuse me. We know that this is a male child. We know that this is a real baby born to a real woman on this particular day. For unto you is born. A baby is born. I have come to announce the birth of a baby who has been born this day. I don't know, maybe you've thought about this before, but we place a lot of emphasis on the virgin birth. I have just done that, especially the last two Sundays where the Holy Spirit comes upon Mary, overshadows her, and she is with child, as a virgin. And that is, it is a once-in-existence miracle 
that never has been or will be repeated again. But did you ever think that everything from that time forward was very ordinary? Mary went through nine months of pregnancy. Mary went through labor pains. Mary had to travel a great distance and endure great hardship. Often, mothers endure hardship at the time that they give birth. And she does everything besides the immaculate conception was very ordinary. And he is saying, there is a woman who has given birth to a child. But this is no ordinary child. This is a child for the ages. This is a child who will change the course of the entire universe. For unto you is born this day a baby in the city of David. He has been born in the city of David. The city of David is not Jerusalem. The city of David is Bethlehem. David grew up in Bethlehem with his father Jesse and with his seven brothers. Bethlehem was always known as the city of David. But what is extremely significant is that 700 years before the birth of Christ, the prophet Micah said that when Messiah would come, when the ruler of Israel would come, he would be born in Bethlehem. 700 years before it took place. We think of that familiar verse, Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient of days. O Bethlehem, out of you, out of you, shall come the ruler for Israel. But he will actually have existed from of old, from ancient days. Now, this was a familiar prophecy to the Jewish people. We think of the Magi when they come, as recorded in Matthew chapter 2. The Magi come, the wise men come to King Herod, and they ask him this question, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? And so it says that Herod gathers the chief priests and the scribes to find out, and this is what it says in Matthew chapter 2, where the Christ is to be born. And when the chief priests and the scribes come together, they tell Herod that he is to be born in Bethlehem. And they quote from what we now know is Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. So this was a familiar prophecy. In fact, and I don't know this for sure, but it is at least possible that these shepherds were familiar with that prophecy. Because I do believe that these particular shepherds, this group of shepherds, were God-fearing men and may have been familiar with this prophecy. And so the angel says to them, in great significance, for unto you is born this day in the city of David in Bethlehem. A savior. A savior. The word savior here means 
a deliverer of the people, one who is to deliver the people of God from their sin has been born, the savior of the world who is to come into the world, the one who has come to deliver us from our greatest slavery and bondage, and that is the slavery and bondage of our own sin, to break down those obstacles, that dividing wall between us and God, so that we might experience everlasting joy in him. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, a Savior who is Christ. As you may know, Christ is the Greek form of the Hebrew Messiah. The Messiah is born today. And that is hard for me to understand as a Gentile living in this day and age but the Jewish people, the Hebrew people, had looked forward for centuries for the coming of the Messiah. And the angel is saying, he's here. He's here. He's been born today. He is Christ the Lord. Lord here means deity. Lord here is actually a synonym for God. He is Messiah God. Think of what he is saying to these people. No wonder it was good news of great joy. For unto you, unto you shepherds, and for all the people of the world, unto you is born today, today. A baby's been born today in the city of David, in the city of Bethlehem, where the Messiah was to be born, and he is a savior he has come to deliver us from our sin. He is Christ. He is the Messiah. He is God himself. Oh, I bring you good news of great joy. Well, let me try to bring this all together this morning as we close out this message. I want you to imagine that the angels unto you came specifically and individually to you. I want you to use your sanctified imagination this morning and imagine that the angel's announcement came very specifically to you. For unto you is born this day. For unto you, insert your name, John, Tom, Mary, Susan, Tim, Chad, Mike, Dan, insert your name there, for unto you is born this day. Because Christmas will never reach its full significance in your life until you fully understand that he came for you. For you. This is where Christmas becomes intensely personal. It's not enough to say that you believe Christ came. Oh yes, I believe that Christ was born on Christmas. Did you know millions of people say that and believe that and are still lost in their sins? It's not enough to say that Christ came for someone else, that he came for the whole world. Oh yes, I know Christ came for the whole world. You can never be saved until you say, Christ came for me. He died for me. He rose from the dead for me.
until you are willing to say, I receive him. I receive him as my Savior and my Lord. I acknowledge my sin. I believe that Jesus is the Savior who came into the world to save me from my sin and call upon him. Receive him into your life as your Savior, as your Lord. That is when Christmas finds its ultimate fulfillment in your life. He came for you. He came for you. Do you believe that this morning? On not only this Sunday morning, but this Christmas Day morning, do you believe that he came for you? Fear not, people. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. As we end this morning, I want to wish, on behalf of our whole church family, I want to wish to all of you who are watching this service, I want to wish to all of you, on behalf of our church, a very Merry Christmas. But not only do I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas, I want to wish you a Christmas filled with great hope and great joy. We have so much, so much to look forward to in the year to come. And all of that joy and all of that hope is found in Christ himself. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you that the angel announced to all of us, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. We are so thankful for the birth of Christ and for the salvation that is found in him alone. Please, please bless all of those who have gathered with us today. Please bless all of those who are watching this service from their homes today. May they be filled. Father, may they be filled with joy on this Christmas day. In Jesus' name, amen.